All right. Well, you can turn your Bibles again to Romans chapter 12. I will have a number of other scriptures that we're going to be looking at here in this session in particular. Um, as we don't have two of them to go through, we're just uh, we'll be working through uh, one from now on. Uh, but Romans 12, and uh, there it goes. All right. Romans chapter 12, we're going to be looking at the gift of giving, the gift of giving here uh, the, this morning before lunch. And I guess it falls pretty pretty uh, well-timed uh, because of all the giving away of things here, as John Barber, uh, Pastor John Barber gave away all those different things. Um, although the gift of giving, I think, reaches far beyond just giving away things. Uh, we'll look at that a little bit here as we, as we move through uh, the text here this morning. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office or the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. I love the picture that's given in those verses in particular that helps us as we look at the different spiritual gifts. And sometimes we can see those spiritual gifts as separate from one another. But God here is reminding us that as a body of Christ, we are supposed to be functioning together in this. Um, what I find is very interesting is I've, I've done some study throughout these gifts, and I'm, I'm not getting into everything, obviously, uh, throughout this series. But, but one thing that I find really interesting is I feel like there are different gifts that definitely uh, can complement each other or can very, be, be very quickly at odds with one another. And God says in Ephesians 4, uh, it says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And he goes on then eventually to talk about the gifts given to the church to be able to equip the saints. Um, but there's, there's this aspect here of we're, we're many, but yet one. And as we look around the room, obviously there's a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of different ages, even as he was doing the, um, uh, you know, the different age groups or whatever. There's a lot of different ages, a lot of different people here. You come from various backgrounds, um, yes, but you also have various gifts, spiritual gifts that God has given to you, gifts that you are strong in, perhaps gifts that you are weak in. Uh, I'm so thankful for my wonderful wife um, because there are spiritual gifts that she have that I lack a lot, okay? Now, I would say this, and I've said this before. I think um, as, as we grow in Christ and as we yield to the Spirit, I think that over time God uses and develops in us all of the spiritual gifts to one effect or another. Now, I think there's always going to be probably some primary gifts for us, uh, but I, uh, at the end of the passage there, 1 Corinthians 12 reminds us about covet earnestly the best gifts, uh, trying to uh, be able to desire uh, those particular gifts. And it, I believe, leaves open the door to that possibility um, that God uh, wants us to be perfected uh, continually throughout our Christian life, to be filled out. Um, but in any case, uh, just a little bit of side note there, this one member, and we help each other out. My wife and I, I'm thankful. I feel like she helps me out a lot more than I help her out. I've had some opportunities more recently to help her out in some areas, um, but she is a wonderful help me, and she, uh, I'm so thankful for, for the Lord uh, to be able to give her to me. 
uh, because I definitely needed. And it's just, it, it's amazing because you go through, obviously, you, you know, this is a, a side note, I know. But a side note of, um, you know, she's the one, all of these kind of different things. And it's neat how God brought us together. Um, but I feel like even throughout our marriage, it's been a continual discovery of like, wow, that's what God was doing. Just in our marriage. Um, and that's, that is played out multiple fold in the church of Jesus Christ. How God puts people together. And sometimes, you know, I will tell you, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this, as I've mentioned already before, there were times at which I, I didn't understand where she was coming from on something. You know, I was like, what are you saying? Like, I don't understand that. And sometimes that can, we can be at odds because of that. We don't understand where a person is coming from. And maybe all of you, all that you get out of this series, maybe you forget all of the particular gifts or the things that we talk about. But can you just pull away this particular perspective that there are other people in the body of Christ that when they are filled with the Holy Spirit and under the leadership uh, of God, um, they may function differently and they see things differently than you do. And that's okay. That's okay. In fact, I would go a step further and say it, say it this way. If there's not those people, you have to almost wonder what the problem is. <laughs> Maybe those gifts aren't even around or they aren't functioning. Um, you know, I think, I think sometimes in, in our Christian circles, Christianity, sometimes we really like it when everybody just toes the line and says, and says the exact same thing, thinks the exact same thing. We all see it exactly the same. But, you know, we actually need those people in our lives who see it differently and challenge us because of it. And so each one of these gifts, as we go through them, again, reminding us that we're one body in Christ. There's a unity that we have and we need to have. However, every one of us are members one of another. And there's, there's a difference. We're not the same office as the end of verse 4 says. We don't have the same function. In fact, at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12, I didn't read this passage, but I believe the Lord is bringing it to mind even now, is at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12, he says, you know, there, there's different gifts, but the same spirit. There's different workings, but the same God. There's different uh, whatever it is, but the same Lord is the same overall. And he goes into the, this whole thought process, and both here and there, to really drive home the point with spiritual gifts that, you know what, there may be people that see it differently than you, but don't kick them out. Don't let the hand kick out the eye. Don't let the eye say, I don't need the foot. There needs to be a variety, and obviously some of that is what God himself does, but the other aspect of that is allowing those gifts to function, and maybe it is just learning from them as well and saying, how is God using that person? Maybe it's different than I'd see it, but if they're doing it as God wants them to, then that's okay, even if it's different than you want. So, a little bit there before we continue to go on. Uh, verse 6 says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is, that is given to us. Again, they're differing. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, um, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And we're going to be looking specifically at that, that aspect of him that giveth, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. The idea there of, of simplicity, it can, it can have different ideas or con depending on the context. But I believe here even deals with the idea of not necessarily expecting something in return. Uh, sometimes people who are givers, uh, they give, but they kind of have an ulterior motive of wanting something because they give. Um, and God here says, you know, just do it with simplicity. Do it because God tells you to do it. Don't do it with strings attached. Don't do it in, in those kind of motives. Just do it because God touches your heart to do it. 
and leave the results with him, leave everything else with him. So giving with simplicity. Let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer before we start into this gift. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for the opportunity that you've given to be able to expound some of these different gifts. I am thankful as well for the perspective change that you've given to me to be able to recognize that there are other people in the body of Christ that see things differently. I realize that sometimes that brings to me a frustration. Uh, that brings to me perhaps a stretching. Perhaps it brings to me an opportunity to even get before you and ask uh, what is of you and what's not. But Lord, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us as a part of the body of Christ to recognize there are people in the body of Christ that are different than we are. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing if they are underneath the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to recognize that, to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. I pray that you would just give a heart to these here and, and to those that even aren't here to be able to recognize this in the body of Christ and to, because of that, function well together ask God for the grace, for the unity, for the peace, for all the things that would be needed to be able to uh, work together and to rightly represent you here on earth, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here in this passage, again, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. So the question as we go through these different questions again, what is the gift? What is the gift? What is the gift of giving? Say it this way, gifted givers are those who joyfully share what they have with others, whether it's financial, material, or the giving of personal time and attention. The giver is concerned for the needs of others and seeks opportunity to share goods, money, and time with them as needs arise. The person that oftentimes sees those needs in a very practical light, um, perhaps when Pastor Barber earlier this week was saying stuff about like, you know, hey, church is going to foot the bill for camp, but some of you have asked. It was probably the givers that asked him, but some of you have asked how much, you know, is it actually costing per person and all those things. And you kind of give out the things and everybody else was just kind of like, yeah, okay, that's, that's nice. And the givers wrote down notes. And during that session, they weren't paying attention because they were calculating. What's the need then? They're figuring it out. And they may very well be some of those that put in a larger offering to be able to help for a lot of people to be able to come. I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and, and, and look it out. But I, I have seen it in my own life time and time again that God puts these different individuals in the ministry. And obviously there's many other things they can do. But one of the things God has gifted them with is giving. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're the individuals that make the most. Okay? It doesn't necessarily mean it's those people you are like, oh, well, he makes a lot of money, so therefore he must be a giver. Okay, not necessarily. In fact, uh, we'll look at a passage um, in 1 Corinthians 8 that deals with how in much poverty they gave abundantly. In their poverty they gave. It doesn't necessarily uh, mean that uh, you have to have a lot to give a lot. If you give whatever God tells you to give, you've accomplished what you're supposed to do. That's it. Gifted givers are those who joyfully share with others. What is that gift? How is it displayed? How is it displayed? Uh, there's numerous times throughout Scripture that this gift, I believe, is displayed. Obviously, I think the paramount, and I don't even have it here for us, but the paramount is this, that God so loved the world that he gave. God gave. He gave his only begotten son for you and for me. And, of course, that's a paramount example. He gave it to us, and he, he gave him to us while we were yet sinners. It's not like we deserved that gift. Okay, we didn't deserve the gift that God gave to us, but he gave 
gave Christ to us anyway. Well, here's some other examples as well. The Good Samaritan um, in Luke 10. We won't go through this whole passage, but I do want to point out some, some verses in particular about the Good Samaritan. You're probably familiar with the story. Uh, for those who may not be, maybe you could ask a question of the Good Samaritan. Of course, we don't have any things anymore. Uh, but that, that story in particular, there's, there's somebody that is hurt, and he is there on that road. And uh, because of that, this, this man stops by, this Good Samaritan stops by. He sees that man, and he patches up his wounds. He sets him on his donkey. He takes him to the inn. He pays the innkeeper. Okay, we know the story, or at least perhaps you're familiar with that story. But I believe there's an individual who perhaps was exercising, at least doing what God wanted them to do. I, I realize it's a, uh, a parable, but nonetheless, I think it illustrates this truth. It says here, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, this man that was sick and bruised and beat up, and they took all that, that guy's stuff. When he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. So here he's, he's giving of his own oil and his own wine. He's taking of his time. Undoubtedly, this man had to be somewhere. Because when he leaves him at the end, he says, you know, I've got to go and I've got to do some stuff, but I'll come back. So here he's taking his time. He's pouring in oil and wine. He sets, sets him on his own beast. He brought him to the inn and he took care of him. And not only he took care of him, but I think this is really telling here. On the morrow when he departed, he took two tents. And he gave it. He's not even just taking care of the needs this man has. He's actually looking forward and recognizing, you know what, this, this guy's also going to have these needs as well. And I'm going to take care of these needs. He gave it to the host, and then he goes on further. That wasn't enough. I mean, how many of us, just, just put yourself in this scenario, how many of you would stop and do this for somebody else? But then he, he doesn't stop there. Here he goes further. He says, take care of them. Whatever you spend more, I will come again and repay it. I can't imagine if they had room service there at that inn. But could you imagine the bill when this guy comes back? Man, he's ordering room service all the time. But he says, you know what? It doesn't really matter. I realize they probably did not have room service. However, here he says, whatever you spend on this guy, I'm going to repay it. You know, give him his meals, do all this kind of stuff. He saw that need and he practically met that need. So the Good Samaritan, Barnabas, we looked at the uh, uh, just, just last night, Barnabas and the early church. Um, he, uh, as it says in this passage, we'll read through it here in Acts 4. It says, the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. God was doing a miraculous work in the hearts and lives of the individuals. They realized because God has given to them such great things that uh, they sharing, they're, they're voluntarily sharing with others that have the need. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace was upon them all. And it says, neither was there any among them that lacked. Why? For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them with this purpose. They brought the prices of the things that were sold, and they laid them at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had, met, as he had need. Now, this is a, a passage that um, is, is very critical in the early church. Here there was some great needs that were taking place. And yet there's these individuals that stepped up and said, you know what, I've got houses, I've got lands, I can sell some stuff, I can, I can help out with this in a very practical way. Verse 36 says that Barnabas was one of those. As we looked at, he was the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So here he, he got rid of some stuff that he had. 
and he came and he brought all of this money and he said, you know what? I don't know who has needs and doesn't, but you guys do. And so I'm just going to take, take this money. I'm laying it at your feet. You take it and you give it to whoever has needs. I'm going to trust you with that. But here, that's a sacrificial thing that he did. And uh, here Barnabas is displaying, I believe, that gift of giving. Even further, the poor saints in Jerusalem, uh, for those in Jerusalem, Macedonia, Achaia, and Corinth, they gave to them. And in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, it says how in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. So here they are, they're not, they're not rolling in money, it says. They're, they have deep poverty themselves, but they, they realize, you know what, we can still give more and we can help out this, these other individuals who are going through this hard time. It says, for through their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they gave, they were willing of themselves. So here in this particular passage, they gave and they gave abundantly, praying us with much entreaty that you would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So here they wanted to partake. In fact, they had to, it says in this passage, they literally had to beg the, the apostle to take this money and give it. The apostle probably had a back and forth with them and said, you know what, wait, you, you guys are in deep poverty yourselves. Why are you giving? But here he says they, they prayed him with much entreaty. It means they were like, really, they, they made him, you know, they, they probably were embarrassing him to the point of saying, you know what, take this, please, take this gift. We want to have it as a gift. We want to minister to the saints. And so here they displayed that for us. And in chapter 9, verse 7 of the same uh, book, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Giving cheerfully is something that's important as well. And then Romans uh, 15, verses 25, 28 says, But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contribution to the poor saints which are, with, which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their, their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this, and have sealed them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. And so here there's again this, this idea of this ministering, uh, these different churches ministered to the poor saints that were in Jerusalem. They saw a need, and they gave. The church at Philippi, giving to Paul. The end of Philippians 4 in that passage, I won't go through it just uh, for time's sake, but the end of that passage there in Philippians 4, um, the Apostle Paul said that the church in Philippi gave once and again to his necessity. And in fact, they were one of the only churches that gave to him in his time of need. And so in that particular passage, it deals with that, and he is writing the, the book of Philippians partly to be able to thank them. For their gift and to realize that there is fruit that will abound to their account because of their participation in the ministry in that way. Why is the gift needed? Why is this needed? First of all, it probably goes to, uh, stands to reason that there's needs. There's needs in the church. There's needs in people's lives, not just in the, the church as a whole, uh, but the, the body of Christ. There are those needs and even outside of the body of Christ. You know, there's an interesting thing in our, in our church um, that I've seen take place is uh, there's somebody that runs uh, a collection, a food collection for uh, the poor and needy that are around. So they don't just do stuff in the church, but they're actually trying to minister to people outside of the church as well. 
and trying to help in that way. And somebody heads that up. It's great. I don't have to do anything with it. Like, I can bring stuff and I can put it there or whatever. Somebody else does it. In fact, he probably just this morning, he probably took some stuff down to a food pantry that, that doles out some food and he goes down and works there as well and helps out. And so he's, he's, they're trying to gather all this up and a lot of people contribute to that. There's a lot of people throughout the congregation that like to contribute to that and like to help out in that way. And it can be a simple thing, but they're, they see the need and they're giving to it. In fact, there's somebody else in our church a different person that uh, saw the need of some of the homeless people around the area, and they were gathering blankets, they were gathering different things that would be beneficial for them. But it's just, it it doesn't have to be monetary. It it can be something else as well. But giving to those needs, they see a need and they try to fill it in practical ways. And then love. Why is this gift needed? Uh, To demonstrate God's love. In 1 John 3, 16, it says, Hereby we perceive the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? Rhetorical answer is, it doesn't. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, if I just said to you, hey, I love you, or I said to my wife, wherever she went, if I said to my wife, I love you, she appreciates that. She does. When I tell her I love her, and you husbands can tell your wife you love her, uh, that would be good. I heard one time of a, uh, a, uh, a married couple. They've been married for 20 years, and, and the wife looked over to the husband and said, you, you haven't told me you love me. We've been married 20 years, and you haven't told me you love me. And uh, the, uh, wife, uh, the husband looks back at the wife and says, honey, when we got married 20 years ago, I told you I love you. If it ever changes, you'll be the first to know. Okay. Yeah. Amen. So, no, don't do it that way. All right. Don't do that. But, you know, don't just say, I love you. Don't just say it, right? Sometimes people want to see it. They want to see the sacrifice, the sacrificial love on their behalf. You know, I'm thankful that Jesus Christ uh, came and died, and that was a demonstration of God's love. Could you imagine God from heaven just going, hey, just so you know, all you that are struggling down there, I love you. Keep struggling. Gotcha. I love you. None of us would be helped by that, right? You're like, well, I mean, it'd be nice, I guess. Maybe you could have, you know, God could orchestrate it so that in the sky, you know, some, you know, clouds spelled, I love you, and you walk outside. You know, you'd be like, wow, that makes me warm and fuzzy, right? That'd be awesome, but God did a step beyond that. He sent his son to die on the cross for you and for me. He didn't just say it, he demonstrated it. That's what Romans 5.8 reminds us. And God, in, in turn, says this. He says, you know what? I demonstrated for you that I love you. So you, to the, to the rest of your individuals that are around, the body of Christ, your own family, but also others as well, demonstrate that you love them. Don't just talk about it. Do it. And that particular in this passage is, is the application made is you may have this world's goods and you see that they have a need. If you don't help, how how are you loving them? Are you really loving them? And there's wisdom in all of this. We're going to get to some other passages as well because sometimes we'll be like, well, I need a new Porsche. I need a new Ferrari. I need... Okay, there's wisdom in the need section here. But nonetheless, God says, and he gives us this challenge where he says, are you showing, demonstrating God's love? Why is this gift needed? Because there are needs. And because it demonstrates God's love in a very practical way. What are some dangers to avoid with this gift? Some dangers to avoid. 
First of all, giving to be seen. Giving to be seen. In Romans 6, verses 1 through 4, it talks about their, their Christ talks about the fact that they, they're giving alms and they're doing different things. But he, he says this, and he doesn't say it's wrong to give, or can I even say it this way? I think some people go, especially as believers, they're like, well, nobody can see me put my money in the offering plate or whatever. You know, they kind of, they wait till nobody's around and they do it real quick. And they're like, oh no, somebody saw me. It doesn't count. Okay, that's not the point. Okay, the point isn't not to be seen or to be seen. Uh, the point is that it's not about that. It's, are you doing it because God told you to do it? Because that balances with the passage right before there. Matthew 6 balances with Matthew 5.16 that says, let your good works be seen before men so that they can glorify your Father in heaven. So there are times at which in giving that you will be seen. And that's okay. But this question is this, is that your motive? Do you stop everybody else and go, hold on everybody, just a second. I'm going to put some money in the offering plate. I just want everybody to know I tithe regularly. That gets me some clout with God. No, but is that your motive to be seen? And I think that's why over in Romans 12 it says giving with simplicity. It's not about these strings attached. It's not about earning credit because you've been giving. You're doing it, if, if you're doing it underneath the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you're doing it because God said to do it. That's it. So your motive should not be to be seen in that passage there. Further on, giving too much. Just like the helper can perhaps help too much, and maybe this gets into other aspects, there can be a giving too much. In 2 Corinthians 8.12, it says this, For if there be at first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. You can't give what you don't have. And, and, and can I just give a little note here, perhaps for givers, um, there are responsibilities beyond just uh, giving to others. For instance, in 1 Timothy 5, as it talks about widows and it talks about issue there with, with uh, helping out with widows and especially one's family helping out with their own widow, uh, their own uh, mother who, has, who, who is a widow. Um, it says in that passage, if one doesn't provide for his own, he's worth, worse than an infidel and he's denied the faith. So if you're giving to the detriment of your own responsibilities before God, you're giving too much. And I can tell you, God's not going to tell you to do that. Now, there may be sacrifice, you know, the sacrificial aspect, yes, but there needs to be some biblical balance in this aspect of giving, and giving too much might very well be something that is a danger to avoid for uh, somebody who has this gift of giving. Honestly, if you're underneath the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you won't give too much. You'll give exactly what God says, and that's going to be just right. may seem like too much for others. It may seem like too, too little for some, but that's honestly the end all. So giving to be seen, giving too much, only giving resources. Only giving resources. In 2 Corinthians 8, 5, it says this, But this they did, not as we hoped, but we first gave their own selves unto the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So they didn't just give stuff. They gave their selves. They gave their very lives. Further on in 1 Timothy 6, God tells us to challenge or to charge those that are rich in this world. 
you know that pretty much everybody, I, I don't think there's any exceptions here in this room, every one of us is rich in this world. Now you maybe say, well, I'm not rich compared to some people around me. I'm not rich to my neighbor. I'm not rich to whatever. Well, you know what? We all in America are rich in this world. Did a study one time and you know, you, you can look at the, the multitude of the incomes, the monthly incomes of, of all sorts of um, uh, countries around the world. And while there are some that are higher, there's not many, and most of them are drastically lower. If you kids get an allowance, you probably get as much as some people make in most countries. That's an allowance. So charge them that are rich in this world, that's all of us, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good. You know, I think this is a, this is a danger for those that have the gift of giving is they can only give resources. They can go, my job is complete because I've only given resources. But there are times at which God may ask for something else. Here in this passage, he says that those people would do good. And they would actually be involved in good and be active in serving Yes, partly in the sense of that which they distribute, but it says that they be rich in good works, good actions, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, not just doling out money. And, and can I tell you that sometimes I think the Church of Jesus Christ consoles itself because we give, this is a practical application, we give out money to missionaries and we think our job is done. We support a missionary. Because we give them a certain amount of money each month, and so our job is done. But you know what? That's, that's just the, the baseline of actual participation in ministry. With missionaries, that's just one example, but it could go far beyond that. But they do good, they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. And then wrong giving. What I'm going to say is wrong giving. Giving to the wrong or perhaps the wrong needs, or what are perceived as needs. In Job 29, uh, 16, Job says this, I was father to the poor, and the cause which I knew not, I searched out. Rather than just doling out money because you think there's a perceived need, if you're not sure, you have, you have the um, responsibility before God to check and make sure. Maybe it is that God at times will just say, hey, you need to give and you know, that's it. That's your responsibility. You know, those individuals, I always struggle with this. I don't know if you ever struggle with this. I struggle with this when I pull up somewhere and somebody is there and they're like, you know, they've got some sign that says I'm homeless or, you know, I, I was a vet or I was, you know, whatever the signs are. And of course, they're doing all these different things. I always struggle with that to know what to do. I know maybe some of you, especially those that don't have the gift of giving, you're like, oh, I never struggled. I've never struggled with that at all. Never. You probably have the gift of prophecy, actually. Um, but, you know, if you've never struggled with that at all, maybe you can't identify. But, but you pull up there and, you know, it starts to pull on the heartstrings. You're like, I want to help this guy out. But if I give it to him, what is he going to do with it? Right? That's always a struggle. It's like, I want to help him, but I don't know exactly how and what should I do. And maybe giving him money would actually not help him. It would hurt him. And it's always that struggle. And you're like, ah. And really, that, that's where each one of us really has to have that relationship with the Lord where he can just say, give or don't give. And we just do it because God says to do it. And there are times in which it's harder to search it out, but there are times as well that we ought to spend the time searching it out rather than just giving to make ourselves feel good. American Christians, I think, oftentimes just give because it makes us feel good. 
Don't get me wrong. If God is telling you to give, give. But if you're only doing it so you can feel good and you can get a warm and fuzzy, well, there's other things you can do. I remember one time, there was a time at which we were out soul winning. It was actually back in college. and A time that we were soul winning. And um, when we were soul winning, uh, there was this man that was coming up and he said, oh man, I haven't had anything to eat. I'm really hungry. I'm really hungry. Uh, I just need some money to go get some food. And I don't know if I had heard this from somebody or the Lord just gave me inspiration right then. And I said, okay, that's great. I'm going to go, let's go take you to get somewhere to eat. And I remember there was like a Burger King or a McDonald's, you know, not far away. I know it's high quality food. I know. But I was like, you know what? If he's really hungry, if he's starving, then any food will do at this point. So I took the man and we walked up there and I was telling him, hey, I'm going to go take you down. We're going to get something to eat. And, you know, you get anything you want and I'm going to pay for it. You know, he could have got a nice tall milkshake. He could have done all sorts of things. But when we got there to that restaurant, and I think it was a Burger King. My, my memory's fuzzy, but I'm pretty sure it was Burger King. We got there. I don't even know if I should call it a restaurant. Anyway, we got there to Burger King, okay? And there we are. And, uh, you know, he, he walks in with me, and I stand, we're standing there. You know, there's people kind of passing us going line. I said, you know, anything you want. Um, you know, you can get a meal or you get something, you know, maybe get a couple burgers or, get, you know, whatever. I just kind of said, whatever you want, go ahead and get it because you're hungry. You know what he told me? He goes, no, man, I don't want the food. I want the money. I was like, well, you just gave me this long story about how you're really hungry and you haven't had anything to eat. I mean, if you haven't had anything to eat for multiple days, I mean, even Burger King might start to look good. Can I get an amen? Okay. <laughs> Some of you, maybe you prefer that. But, but you know what I'm saying? And, and so I think in that particular instance, and he ended up walking away with nothing because he wanted the money. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with the money? There was another instance when I first got to the, um, the church uh, it, there in New Freedom, Pennsylvania. I remember I got these calls all the time for, we need help with utility bill. Uh, we need this. We need that. We got these calls all the time. And, and honestly, can I, can I be honest with you? I didn't even exactly know how to field the calls because I'm the kind of person that probably would give more than I should to different needs rather than searching it out. I would probably just say, yeah, sure, that's fine. Yeah, go, sure. So I think after a while, I really took some time to, to look through the scriptures and to be able to, there's a whole other message that we could get into, but look through the scriptures as far as um, what are those things that God himself gives to us that can be helpful in, in determining if we should give to somebody or not. And so I went through, I actually developed like a, a a, a long story short, it was a, a long uh, number of questions that I would ask that would help me ascertain if this individual had a genuine need and was genuinely interested to actually uh, not just take money and move on, but to actually try to continue to move forward. And so I, um, we developed this, but early on before I developed that, one of the calls that I got was somebody that said, you know, hey, I need to get gas to get to work. And I was kind of like, wow, that's a I can go with that one. I mean, he's trying to get to work and, you know, he needs gas for work. And I'm like, he's trying, right? Okay, I can help. I can help somebody who's really trying, you know, hard. And so I remember getting him. I actually, um, I told him, hey, come to church. And, you know, he wasn't far away. And so he came over to church and I ended up filling up his gas tank, number one. But then number two, I actually gave him gift cards to that same gas station, which is a gas station that's kind of local around us. And so there's a number of them all over. He didn't have to come just there. And I told them this, I said, you know, I, I don't know you from Adam, but I know that you have a need and you're trying. 
And I said, God has given to me, he's given me his son. And because of that, I want to give to you and help you out as well. But I said, here's these gift cards. And I just want you, if you could just make me this promise, that you're not going to use it for alcohol, for cigarettes. You're not going to use it for some of that. Instead, you're going to really use it for what you told me your need really is. And I just left them with that. I left them with track. I, I explained the gospel a bit more or whatever and, and kind of left them with that. And, and honestly, I really don't know exactly where all that went. I haven't seen the guy since. Now, I did see some other people because right after that, all of his, in fact, they identified themselves when they called on the phone. They said, I'm the cousin of so-and-so. I'm the uncle of so-and-so. I'm the aunt of so-and-so. You know, they're all like, you remember that guy that you helped? I'm his, I'm his relative. I'm his, you know, I'm like, is this a whole family network here? You know, I got a bunch of them. But, but, you know, in that particular instance, I can just say this. I think I did what God told me to do. Would I go back and change it? No, because I think I did exactly what God told me to do. Are there, are there times at which I don't do that? Absolutely. There's a time not too long ago where I gave somebody a ride. In fact, it wasn't even very far. It was kind of nice. You could feel really good about doing something that's not very far. But I just did it because I believe God wanted me to do it. And I don't always do that, and I do have exceptions. I'm not going to pick up just women, okay? It was a man. But nonetheless, all, all, all to say is just give because God says to give. And it may be all sorts of sundry things. But you can give to the wrong people. You can give to be seen. can give too much. can give... Uh, only resources and feel good about that rather than giving what God truly wants, which is really our own selves. How can you use this gift? I think it kind of stands to reason. To use the gift of giving, you give. In demonstration of what God has given to you through Christ. You know what I found as I read through Scripture, and again, we didn't even look at some of these Scriptures, but as I read through Scripture, it was really helpful for me, is the motivation for giving is because God has first given to us. That's the motivation. And you know, with that as our motivation, um, giving becomes a lot easier. You're not just giving, you know, sometimes we look around at people and we're like, why don't people help themselves? Remember, again, some of those calls that I got, I would go out and investigate and I would go through different questions. And here's this person that says, can you help me with my utility bills? And they have a really expensive car, expensive cell phone. I go out there and you can see all these hookups to pretty much every cable network, every, you know, you know all the kind of different things. And you're like, Okay, but like you're you're spending money on all these other things, so I know why you need help with utility bills, right? Didn't take a it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out some of this stuff. And sometimes it, it, that pr person in particular, perhaps you have to have a tough conversation. And the best thing you can do for them is have a tough conversation. Maybe have a little budgeting strategy. Hey, I, I'll help you with this once if you will with me go through budgeting. Okay? Again, that's giving, more, that's giving more than just resources. You're truly trying to help somebody. You're giving them the gospel and you're trying to set them up on their feet to be able to move forward as well. But 2 Corinthians 8, 8 and 9 says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich. You think you're rich? God was rich. Yet for your sakes, he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. God in heaven emptied his coffers of his only son for you and for me, and that really ought to be our motivation for giving to others. You know, even this week, it's interesting, there was different individuals that I believe have exercised what I would just say is perhaps the gift of giving. 
Sometimes it's hard to, to know if uh, God just tells somebody to do something and that's it. Uh, somebody, uh, even this week, paid for some drinks for Katie and I. We were going to get some drinks and somebody paid for those. Uh, somebody gave us a coffee maker. They saw that we had a need or heard that we had a need for that. And they gave us a, a coffee maker. Um, they gave something uh, to be used. Uh, it, was, it was in their room and they swapped it. They weren't using it. But, um, and so, you know, people do these different things. And sometimes you're like, well, that's not a big thing. Anybody can do that. That's not hard. But you know what I find in Matthew 25? It says, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, that person won't lose their reward. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be a lot. It has to be in response of what God tells us to do and for him. Using that gift. Let's close with a word of prayer. Lord, I'm thankful for individuals here that undoubtedly have the gift of giving. I'm thankful for the fact that you put individuals like that in ministries to be able to help in ways that uh, you've equipped them to be able to help, just as you've equipped every single one of us with different gifts. Uh, and pr pray, Lord, that you would just minister to each and every one of us. Help us to realize that each one of us has to function together as the body of Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would help with uh, Ann Arbor Baptist Church, that you would help individuals to continue to grow in the gifts that you've given to them that they would continue to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit as they administer those gifts, that they would do it in a way that would honor you, they would do it in a way that would edify and build the body of Christ, and that you would receive the honor and the glory through it, we pray. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.